I like new series too, and today we are starting a new series. Travi, it is, uh, there's a picture for it. Peak Christmas. Now, it's, if you're reading downwards to the right, no, if you read, it's presence. The presence of God. The presence of God. And the thing about the presence of God is it's, some, it's a term that is talked about a lot of in church. We talk about it. And it seems quite aloof. And it also, it kind of seems like this mythical thing sometimes that we talk about. The presence of God. Oh, I just love the presence of God. Let us become more aware of your presence. What happens, it becomes mystical and somewhat elusive. And we're sitting and standing here in church just saying, I want what he's having. I want what she's having. But I don't know why I'm not feeling or having what they're having. Who's ever... Been in a situation, you can, you can put your hand up, you can just nod your head, where you feel like, I don't really feel God. I don't really feel the presence of God. You know, I have it. When I'm feeling down, I have it. But I want to share with you today, to start off our series, I want to share with you how actually amazing the presence of God is, what the presence of God is, and how we can enter, enter into the presence of God. Is that good? Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's good. Alright. Today's sermon is called The Tent of Meeting. Ugh. One of the worst things about this thing is when you're at the beach and you try and set it up. And so I set it up easy, but then when you try and pack it down, you look so stupid. Because like, how do I twist it? How do I turn it? <laughs> Come Lord, enter this tent. <laughs> that did not have the effect I thought it would have. The tent of meeting. I'll explain this tent in a second. Alright. The presence of God. And the, the biblical meaning, the Hebrew meaning for presence is the word panim. Panim. Say that two times fast. Panim, panim. The Hebrew word for presence is panim, which is also translated to the word face, which implies a close and personal encounter with the Lord. Megs, can I ask you to come up? Can someone watch my child or our child? This was this is smaller than I thought it would be. <laughs> nah, let's not do this. this will, let's just grab two chairs. Grab two chairs. And I want you to come and sit in front of me. Hey, Mix. What's up, wife? All right. So the thing about the word panim, it means face. And it means, when we talk about the word yada, which I'll explain a bit later on, I spoke about it last week, it means knowing God, which means an encounter with God, a personal, intimate encounter with God, which means face to face. Next, let's look into each other's face. It's awkward, isn't it? It can be awkward. I don't know about you, but have you ever found church awkward? Like the presence of God, awkward. It can be awkward. It can be awkward. But the thing is, when I sit 
in the presence of mix, when I have a face-to-face -face encounter, and we're, we love each other, you know, it's, but let's, let's just pretend that I'm God and you're not. But <laughs> when we're in the encounter, well, actually, you're God, actually, in, in this picture. And when we have this encounter, it's an intimacy thing. I'm looking at her face. I'm looking into her eyes. How many people during that worship just then felt like they were looking into the face of God? It's kind of like when, when dudes talk, when guys talk, they stand on, alongside each other. They don't actually look at each other. You know, it's, like to, it's almost like a, there's a buffer there. But when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about an intimate connection. Panim, yada. Panim, the face, the presence. I'm looking at Megs. And when I look at Megs, I start to understand the intricacies of who she is. I start to see the freckles on her, on her, on her nose. I see the depth in her eyes. You know, I see that she's a, just a, she's a gorgeous, gorgeous person. You know, and the thing about it is I see the joy in her demeanor. So the longer I sit here, though, the more comfortable I become looking into her face. Maybe you're not, but I am becoming more comfortable. <laughs> the longer I look at Megs, the longer I sit in this place, this intimate place, <laughs> you're the only person I could have done this example with, but the uh, longer I sit here, the more comfortable I am with her, and my love, care, and appreciation for her grows. So this face-to-face -face encounter. When we're talking about the presence of God, we're talking about this. We're talking about a face-to-face -face encounter. When's the last time you felt that your face was this close to God's face? When's the last time you felt like you could see the intricacies of God? Maybe you couldn't see His face, you know, like, but maybe you could, you could understand Him, know Him better, see who He is, the intricacies of who He is, the depth of His eyes, the depth of His heart. When we're talking about the presence of God, we're not talking about a fleeting thing. We're not talking about an aloof thing where it says, Oh, the presence of God. Oh, can you feel the presence of God? Let us become more aware of your presence. It is this. Face to face. It's, the thing is, I can sit here and just look at her. I can sit here and just look at her. That's one way that you can bring the presence of God. I can sit here and I can, I can commune with her or God in this situation. I can commune. I can, I can come to know what, let's just say, God is passionate about. I can come to know what his heart beats for, his personality. I can come to know who God is, his attributes, when I'm in his face, face-to-face -face encounter. That's what the presence of God is. The presence of God is not a mystical, airy, fairy feeling. You know, that's an atmosphere that is a fruit of the presence of God. Emotionally, we can feel like that. You can go, yeah, it's fine. Give a round of applause. But because, because we know each other and we love each other, we have a desire to want to know each other better and love each other more. The presence of God is not just an emotional worship time in which you're compelled to lift your hands up. There's, this, there's a song called The Stand by Hillsong. And it says, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned. And if you stand at the back of the, work, of the auditorium, when it says, I'll stand with arms high, like 80% of people's hands go up. 
Why? Because it's like there's a response to an emotion in that place. It's good. We are meant to respond. Our emotions are godly. Don't, don't get caught up in this whole thing of spirit-led and emotion. God created our emotions to respond to Him. We're allowed to respond emotionally to God. But the thing is, a face-to-face encounter is different. The presence of God, where we see Him face-to-face, we know Him. That's an encounter with the living God. So the word yada, if we bring it up on Him, not here, means to know God. To know means to know intimately, personally, in depth, to know God. Question, rhetoric. Do you feel like you know God? Do you feel comfortable in a face-to-face encounter with God? You know, I, even Megs and I were laughing during that time. But I know Megs well enough that it's not awkward to me anymore. I, I love her. She loves me. So it's a place where I'm like, I, can, I can stay in that place forever. Do you feel comfortable in the presence of God where you are face-to-face with the glory of God? Where you are knowing, so actually encountering God in a personal, intimate way. Because the thing about it is, the presence of God is extremely personal, but is also extremely powerful. When you experience the presence of God, that face-to-face encounter, it's hard to live without it. You know, King David is a great example of this. He writes about twice in the Psalms. And the first one he writes in Psalm 84, verses 10, it says, For one, just one day of intimacy, intimacy, panim, yada, one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of the gate, beautiful, ready to go in and worship my God, than to live my life without you, God, in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. David is saying that my life has been changed so much forever that one moment face to face is better than anything this world has to offer a thousand times over. And it's not a thousand times, it's a hyperbole, which means that's an exaggeration. That is massive. The presence of God is meant to change things. The presence of God is meant to transform us. And I want to encourage you, that if you're not resounding with what I'm, or picking up what I'm putting down here, that's okay because you can encounter, you can experience. God is not disappointed, or if you're not feeling it, and don't be discouraged because it's like there, there'll be one moment, just one moment that changes everything. And that's what we're really praying for and believing for at Freedom City this year is you have that one moment, that one face to face encounter that changes everything. That one face-to-face encounter that says that even when life is hard, you're hurt, something happens, that you hold strong through the storm because you've had that face-to-face encounter. You know who God is and you will not be shaken. I know that this one moment is better than a thousand of the most fantastical, desirable moments that this world has to offer. That is huge. I think that is a huge statement. It's a massive claim. But if we actually go further back 
in the, in the Bible, it's set in Psalms. We see another time where King David writes about God's presence in Psalm 51. It says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Here we go. Cast not your presence away from me, presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Can I, can I read it in the way that it should be read? Instead of me just rattling off and saying, create in me a clean heart, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Please do not cast me away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. This was a cry of desperation. It wasn't like, cast, cast me not away from your presence, oh God. And when you, there's a song that actually has a clap in between it. Like it's, it's a cry of desperation. Why? Because this is actually coming straight after where King David failed majorly. He committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. He was the king. And what he did, he actually impregnated this woman to cover his tracks up. He sent the woman's husband to war, to the front line of the war. He then got killed, and then he wed this woman to, cut, to save face. And then he's like, he realized and he repented, and he's like, oh no, what have I done? He's like, cast not away your presence from me, God. I cannot live without it. The presence of God is not just some elusive, mythical, mystical thing. The presence of God changes everything. The presence of God, should be un- we should be unable to live without it. David's cry is a cry of forgiveness. Say, so the presence of God, we can experience the face-to-face encounter in joy. Or we can experience that face-to-face encounter in desperation. The one consistent thing is that God does not turn us away. It says in the Bible, I will not turn my face away from you. That's the one consistent. So we can come into his presence and encounter him in many different ways, but he will not turn his face from us. That is good news, people. Turn to the person next to you and say, that is good news. So for me, the presence of God, this is declaring that God's presence is irreplaceably amazing. Beyond words, life-changing, soul-healing, heart-mending, eye-opening, and world-changing. There is nothing like the presence of God. And I want to desire God's presence to the point of overwhelming joy that knows no greater thing. I want to know, I want to desire God's presence to the point of desperation, not ever wanting to lose that intimacy with God that I've found. Because the presence of God can change everything. I just want to make a, a, a distinction between God's presence, though, pre-Jesus Christ and post-Jesus Christ. The reason being is that back in the day, the presence of God, um, it can change everything. But Jesus changed the presence of God, how we access the presence of God. Because in the Old Testament, we actually read that there were restrictions on God's presence. Because of our sin, our humanity could not yada, know God. We could not panim, have that face-to-face encounter because of God's holiness in comparison to our brokenness. So, but God created, He consecrated holy places where certain people could go to meet Him. And I'm, I want to talk, and this is, where, this is where this comes into play. 
the tent of meeting, which we find in Exodus 33. It says, Now Moses used to take the tent of meeting and pitch it up outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. Another way to describe it is the tent of presence. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, to all the people would rise up and each would stand at their tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of, uh, when all the people saw the pillar of cloud stand at the entrance, all the people rose up. Da, 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 da. Oh, there we are. The pillar of cloud stand at the entrance door. All the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Basically, what was reserved for some back in the day, for the chosen, the, the priests, the chosen people that, of God to come into this tent of meeting, because of Jesus, is now available for all. So what was once uh, an elect few would go on behalf of everyone, the, the pastor, the priest, would go on behalf of everyone, is now accessible to all people. Because the thing is, this is how it's changed. We are now the tent of meeting. The tent which was temporary because Jesus had not come yet, the temple which was temporary as well, was temporary until Jesus came. But when Jesus came, he then turned us into that tent of meeting, that the presence of God would now be able to be accessible to us and meet in this place, meet within us. So it's changed because what was once a physical place we would go is now in a place within our heart where God already is when we accept Jesus Christ. It says in, two, in 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 to 20, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You know, the temple was a special place. God created precise instructions for how it to be constructed and furnished because it was the primary place where God revealed himself. But now, because of Jesus, Jesus has made us this tent of meeting that the Holy Spirit would then come and live within our lives, which would take the separation from us having to go do something to us actually just having to recognize his presence within our lives. You know, it's, it's hard because we feel like if we come to church, that's where the presence will be. I want to come to church and experience the presence. But actually, one of the attributes of God is that He is omnipresent, which means that He is everywhere. So it's not so much anymore about us going somewhere to experience His presence, but it's us shifting our awareness to recognize that He's with us. The other day, I was sitting there, and, um, and God gave me this cheeky little word, which I thought was cool. Um, I sit like this. I sit with my leg cross-legged. I'm, I'm cool with it. It's comfortable. 
Um, but after a while, my leg starts to go dead. It's like the blood flow stops flowing. And then God said to me, it's like, hey, you just need to shift your leg. And then the flow will come back. And what he was saying to me was that sometimes we just need to shift our awareness. We feel like we're sitting in one place and we don't feel the presence of God. We don't recognize he's with us. But sometimes you just have to shift. Make a, it says, cast your, uh, set your mind on things above. There's, a, there's an actual moment where you have to shift your awareness from uh, this moment here to God. That God is above all things. We have to shift. We have to make a, a conscious decision to change. So, if we are now this temple, this tent of meeting, we have to ask why we don't always feel the presence of God or come away from church saying things like, I didn't get much out of today. Can I just say, if you didn't get much out of today, I take no responsibility for that at all. And I say that unashamedly. You have a choice to look into God's face. You know? You have a choice to turn and face Him. I can't rock up in this situation and just pop my head in and go, hey, by the way, His face looks really good. I can't substitute into that place. That is your place. Maybe you need to make a shift. Maybe it's a shift of attitude. Maybe it's a shift of faith that says that, actually, I'm going to... I'm going to go for it. Even if I get disappointed or I don't feel it the first time, I'm going to go for it twice. I'm going to try to experience God's presence more because we love the word. Yes. But the word without experience lacks substance. Experience without the word lacks foundation. We need both. So maybe you're word heavy. Go for both. Become presence heavy. Focus on the presence. The presence of God can change everything. And we are creating a space this year, in 2020, for you to encounter God, to see Him face to face, because we know the power and importance of it. So just three ways that we can approach the presence, just to wrap up. And then what I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you to experience that, to encounter God face to face, maybe for the first time. Three ways that we approach the presence of God. And we take it from the verse Exodus. The first one. You can stand in the doorway and spectate. The people of of Israel would see Moses and Joshua go to the tent of meeting. Then they would rise up in their own doorway and worship. Can I tell you that the problem here is that In that time, God was in this tent. Yet the people of God were worshipping in this tent. You can spectate. You can watch other people worship God and be like, this is great. I'm just glad to be here. You know, you you can spectate the presence of God. It's very possible. You can come here and spend half the time on your phone. That is fine. But I'm going to tell you, you are the person who is standing in a doorway spectating the presence of God. 
Because God doesn't want you to sit here and turn your back. And, or just be like, oh, where's God? No, God is here. You can encounter. Number two. Well, actually, just to say, the, how you do it is just be intentional. Step out. Give it a shot. I don't know if you've got a conservative background. I don't care. I do. Step out. The presence of God is real. That, 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 that feeling, feelings are good. Because it's, but it's backed up by the Word of God. So let's go for it, yeah? So it's worth walking away from comfort to encounter God. Two, you can be like Moses. You can enter, but once you've, you've received what you need to receive, you return to camp. Moses was in this place where he was trying to hear God on behalf of a lot of people. So he was encountering God with, with a purpose. He was like, I want to hear God's wisdom and his oracles and prophetic word on these situations. What is your will, God? So what he would do is he'll come and he'll come with the problems of the people. And yes, he would encounter him. But he would leave. There'll be a point in time where he'll say, All right, I've got what I need. I'm going to go back to the camp and then I'm going to delegate and I'm going to say, Hey, by the way, Peter, you might need to pray into this situation. This is what God has said. Or you say, Oh, uh, Lucky, this is what God has said for you, you and your family. You should do blah, blah, blah. You know, he would go and hear on behalf of people. But once he heard all he had to, needed to hear, he would leave. How many times do we come into God's presence? with our issues. We come to God saying, hey God, yeah, I'm I'm coming to encounter you, but I want you to tell me about this situation. We come to God at a place of desperation. God's presence, Moses would enter the camp, enter the, the tent, but after he'd heard all he needed to hear, he would leave and go back to camp, back to his duties. How many times do we pray, not just to know God, but to know what we need to know about or how to fix a situation? I'd say that a lot of us actually enter the presence of God because we have an issue. You know, then we have the final example, Joshua. You can enter and you can stay. Even though Moses would leave, People would disappear. Joshua would stay. Joshua knew that in God's presence there was fullness of joy. And that's, the, that's what it says in the Bible. In God's presence there's fullness of joy. Not just wisdom, oracles and instructions. But God's presence revives our soul. Brings a fullness of joy like no other. Joshua wanted to stay because he wanted to know God more. To know God's heart more. We need to be like Joshua. Enter the tent. But when you have received or you've heard God's voice, just stay. Just stay. Look into his face. See his kindness. See his love and his mercy. And just stay. We don't need to be awkward. Because God isn't awkward. 
God is confident. But he is kind. We just need to stay. Can I just get everyone to, to close their eyes? What I really want to do in this moment is I want to create a space where we can, we can encounter God. Where we can see Him face to face. You know, it's like I can tell you how good water is. I can tell you all the benefits about water. But until you drink it, it means nothing. So in this moment, with every eye closed, I'm just going to pray over us. God, we just want to see your face. Lord, we're tired of of running on fumes. We're tired of not knowing you in more depth. God, we just want to know you. We just want to see your face. God, just speak to us right now. I pray that you'd speak to every heart. Speak a word of encouragement, a word of love. God, I pray where we have we have struggled in the past, or we've been we found your presence elusive. God, I pray that you would make your presence so real to us. So everyone, I just encourage you, that shift, let's shift our minds, let's shift our focus. Shift our focus from what we're actually doing in this moment. And just in your mind, just say, say to God, maybe this will help. God, I want to see your face. God, I want to see your face. God, I want to see your face. God has not turned his face away from you. God, I want to see your face. I don't care about knowledge. I don't care about striving. I don't care about trying to prove that my faith is real. All I want to do is see your face. 